What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Welcome to the Financial Freedom Roundtable. I got JD Hill here with me. JD, this is the first time we've done an intro together, man. This is awesome. I am so excited that you finally asked me to to do an intro with you. It's only been two or three years. It's fine, um, but I'm you know I'm certainly grateful um, you know that that uh, you didn't forget about me, dude. I, I had to bring you in because you crushed this interview. You crushed this this podcast when you started talking about how this subject matter, debt freedom versus financial freedom, and the current market, like how we can insulate ourselves from those type of things. Like this mindset of debt freedom versus financial freedom, you have to take action on this topic today and you hit it out of the park. So I, I'm just telling you, pay attention when at the very beginning, when JD dropped some gold nuggets on that. What, Yo, about I, you, I what, what did you, what'd you take away from it? Well, no, and I, I appreciate that. I think um, something to really, really pay attention to as well is when Mark starts talking about how he used his mortgage, not only to reduce his cost, but also how to get to financial freedom faster. That was so um, profound, right? And, and, and eye-opening that you are definitely not going to want to miss when Mark starts talking about that. Well, the, the key to this whole thing is, is it's a mindset. And you mentioned mm. it actually in this episode as well how it, you can change the way you actually think about all things financially just from this conversation. So this could be the very first, I'm going to keep using this, Sharon used this at our Pacific Mastermind, the very first domino that gets you off the starting line to financial freedom. Because if your mindset's not right, you're never going to get started. You're never going to get down that right path. So I, I'll tell you what, I, I know... I don't want to take anything else away from this because you got to listen in. These coaches have crushed it. And, uh, and I feel like you're going to get a ton out of this. So JD, you know, we're sitting at the round table. So That's right. I need to ask you, are you ready to belly up at the table with me? Oh yeah. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. All right. So let's belly, belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome to the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and take action to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. 
grateful to have you in the room with us. I am Joey, the Italian stallion Murray, uh, mainly because my family's from originally from Italy, and I just thought it would look cool on my on my uh, tag on my car, which Russ so gratefully gave that to me. But and that's enough about me. We actually have the best financial coaches in the nation joining me at this proverbial roundtable. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce my friends here. To my left, we have Mr. Incredible. His superpower is speed to financial freedom. And the real beauty is that speed is contagious. My man, J.D. Hill. Say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey, fans. Uh, Joey, was that... Was that a hundred percent the script or, or did you kind of go off key a little bit there? I, you know, I had to go off a little bit. I mean, just, I understand. first of all, I couldn't say that I'm the idea guy because I'm not. That's right. So I had to That's leave right. that part out. That's right. Welcome, yeah. well, man. I, what, why, I, why are we here today? Well, to try to take over the world, Pinky. Um, no, I, I, I'm actually really excited uh, about this topic. Uh, I think it's timely that we talk about things like debts. Um, given the current market conditions. And so I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to jump into this topic today. Okay, good. I am too. And I think there's going to be some far-reaching uh, effects of talking about debt freedom and financial freedom. To your left, JD, let's go ahead and bring in a true financial Sherlock Holmes of our day. No problem too difficult to solve. If I would only known him earlier, I would have been so much richer, said everybody. Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. Nice to see you, Ernie. Nice to be seen. Great to be here. Always love talking about debt. Man, I mean, you have like a, a vendetta against it? Or, I mean, what, what are we talking about? No, I mean, if you, you can get into a financial conversation with anyone by talking about debt. It's universal. It is. Absolutely. And I'll say... There is a cult around debt. Ooh. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it, Ernie. That's a cliffhanger right there. You just left all of us hanging. All right. Before, before we get to your cliffhanger, let's bring in the retiree of the group to your right. Mr. Catch Me If You Can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna, he's dropping gold nuggets here with us. The one and only Mark Haraguchi. Welcome, Mark. Oh, great to be here. Another afternoon. And you know what? It's already a good day because I didn't have to wake up at 3.30 to a dog exploding uh, on the carpet. <laughs> so already fantastic day. Like amazing. Amazingly oh, better than yesterday. Your, your carpet is so much better off today than oh. it was yesterday. Is that what you're if, saying? If, if anybody needs tips on how to use a Hoover uh, carpet shampooer, I figured it out from yesterday. I, I borrowed my neighbor's one and I figured out the technique to actually lift the nastiness out of the carpet. So um, Man. That, was, that, that was that was my knowledge from yesterday. Oh, well, talk to me a little bit here. Um, Mark, why is this important today that we're talking about debt freedom and financial freedom yeah. and not talking about carpet cleaning? Well, probably because I really have no idea how to clean carpet. Um, that's why I was going to come in this weekend, but debt freedom versus financial freedom. The, the, one of the, the things that I like about this is equity doesn't pay the bills. Mm. So if I paid off a bunch of debts, those paid off debts are not putting food in my belly. 
And so I want financial freedom, not necessarily debt freedom. Mm. Okay. All right. I think we're all in agreement on this, but I think maybe good for us to help to define this a little bit. Um, when you say that, what would you consider debt freedom and what would you consider financial freedom? So probably the, the, one of the easiest examples is a house, right? So if, if I have a house, I've got this huge debt and a lot of people will, will want to target and pay that debt off. And I'll go ahead and raise my hand because I actually did it. I paid off one of my properties and man, did it feel good. I completely understand that feeling, that emotional win of woohoo, the mortgage is gone. But then I noticed that, wait a minute, I've, I've, I've accomplished this feat of destroying this debt, but I'm, I'm no closer to financial freedom. And all that equity that was locked in that house, that was just lazy money. Hmm. And I want to have my dollars working for me, not sitting around enjoying their vacation. I want to enjoy vacation. My dollars need to be working every day. Get to work dollars. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Earn, what about you? Oh man, what Mark just said there, keyword, emotional victory. Mm -hmm. Debt is emotional, isn't it? Super. I have conversations often where, where two spouses will be on the call and one of the spouses is really engaged in the financial journey and the other isn't. Which one of those has a really negative emotional view of debt? Would you guess? What do you guys think? Um, is this a safe space? Can I? Is this is this the nest? It, I would, from my perspective, because I'm married, I can speak from experience. It would be uh, my wife would be one that's more emotionally uh, tied to that than than I am. Sure, sure, but not always. Just not the always. Wife, right, right. Oftentimes, not oftentimes, but. I'll get on calls where the wife is the breadwinner, is the one active, engaged in this journey. And it's the other spouse who's not. And it's the one who's not, who thinks that the finish line is debt freedom, mm -hmm. or at the very least feels very negatively about the debt that they're holding and don't really like the idea of stacking up cash elsewhere until they've paid off the debt. And so it's, it's such an emotional thing. And the reality is that person is actually living on a hamster wheel, mm. going around and around and around and around. Mark, you hit the, the debt-free point. Maybe you gave a debt scream, a debt yell, an emotional victory, <laughs> felt good about it for a while, but then you went back into debt. <laughs> back on that hamster wheel, round and round we go. It, you're stuck in that negative emotional view if, if that's what you think the finish line is. So wait a minute. So you're saying once somebody pays off the debt, they, they don't have debt freedom until they go back into debt. You pay off the debt, you are in debt freedom. Until, oftentimes until you going, need to go back and get more debt because you didn't have any cash at work. That, or, I mean, I'll say this, it, that my family was in a lot of debt and a lot of bad debt and got themselves out of debt by the time that I was entering high school. And from that point forward, they've, they've done well. They haven't gone back into major debt, but they also haven't made major financial strides forward towards financial freedom. Hmm. So it is somewhat of a hamster wheel. I like that. 
JD, why is this important? We're talking about debt freedom versus financial freedom. Um, I think it's, man, we've we've circled around this uh, from from Mark his his comments or only his his comments. I think people generally are on one of two different paths. They're either on a path of of trying to create debt freedom or they're on a path of trying to create financial freedom. And I think if if over the past two, three, four, five years, however long it's taken, if you've been on a path of trying to create debt freedom, and now all of a sudden you're dealing with 10, 11, 12% inflation, depending on what number you want to use, right? You're dealing with, you know, market corrections, you're dealing with a bunch of, you know, instability economically, you're likely getting ready to go back into the same place you just spent the last two, three, four, five years getting out of. Uh, and that would just be such a frustrating place to be in. Um, if, if I've spent so much time, energy, effort, and resource trying to get out of a place that because of circumstances around me that were out of my control, I'm potentially or likely going back into that place that I just spent years trying to get out of. Uh, and it, it is a, it's a, it's a hamster wheel. Um, and so I think, you know, if, if that has been what you've been focusing on, right, you likely don't have any cash. Now you don't have any cash flow, um, because you haven't been focusing on those dynamics, right? You've been focusing on the other side, which is trying to become financially free theoretically, right. Through, through paying down debt. I'm, I'm going to disagree with one thing you just said, JD. Okay. You likely don't have cash flow. I think there's people right now listening to what you just said, and they're like, that's not me, JD. I'm in the middle. I, I got so much extra cash flow. I don't know what to do with it. And so mm. I'm going to put it towards my debt. Yep. And here's the thing I'm going to be bold enough to say that this topic is so important because debt freedom is a silent threat. It's masked as freedom. And the silent threat is that that cash flow that I have from my active income will always be there. Because you just said it well, today we're in a really, really difficult position where we, you may have over the last three or four or five years paid off tons of debt and you feel really good. And guess what? Your active income is at risk because of the economy that we're in, because of the cost of inflation that is just burdening people all over the country. And debt freedom is actually putting you at more risk because now you have no capital that has been deployed on your behalf to create multiple streams of income that will mitigate that risk of your active income being taken away or in some way, shape or form reduced. Yeah. And that's the silent killer that people don't think of until it's too late. Well, and, and something to, to add in there or interject is, and, and if you've been listening for a while, you've, you've heard me say this before is that you can't pay off the cost of living. You just, you just can't, right? There's always going to be a new cost somewhere. Cost of goods are always going to keep going up planned obsolescence is a real thing, right? They're going to come out with a new Apple phone every year in September. You know what I mean? And so if all you, you, all you do is continue to just like a dog chasing his tail, yep. right? You never literally go anywhere and make any progress. And that doesn't mean that you, you can't be creating financial freedom and be getting out of debt, right? It's not necessarily an either or. However, most people do do it that way, right? They pick one and then do that before they pick the other. Absolutely. All right. So, so gentlemen, I think we've got three points here. We can, we can kind of wrap this up. 
Number one, what is debt, right? Let's define it. Let's put it where it is. Like, let's put some meat on it. Number two, what is the alternative to paying off debt? And number three, what's the practical application everybody can take? Like, what, what can they do right now to start getting towards financial freedom if they've been stuck maybe in that debt freedom mindset? Okay, so let's, let's start with that. First of all, Ernie, why don't you lead us off about, like, how would you define debt? What, what are you thinking when we say that? One, one thought would be, it's an obligation to repay something borrowed. Example of this frequently is cars, homes, college educations. And the thing that I would say about that, it just, it, for me, college education, I, I took student loans to get through college. It enabled me to get through college when I was 18 rather than having to save up to money to get through college when I was 35, right? It enabled me to, to get the thing that I wanted that enabled me to create more value on the back end. You get a mortgage on your house, enables you to get into a house with an obligation to pay over a period of time. Enjoy the thing and put yourself in a better financial position over that time period than if you had, than if you didn't use debt, borrowed money with an obligation to pay. That's what, that's what debt is and a, a couple of examples of, of the use of debt. Mark, how about you? To dovetail onto Ernie, I would say that also remember that not all debt is created equal. There's good debt and bad debt. And not all debt has to stay where it is. For example, my house right now has a debt. There's a mortgage on it. Right now, that debt is bad because the underlying instrument and what it's attached to is not making me money. So therefore, I would classify my home mortgage as bad debt. It's a liability. But if I move out of my house and I turn around and I rent my house and it creates positive cash flow, that debt now becomes good debt because it's now involved in an instrument that creates cash flow and it's become an asset versus a liability. And an asset is something that puts money in my pocket and the liability takes cash out of my pocket. So not all debts created equal and you can change your debt circumstance. And, and debt can be looked at from multiple perspectives is what I'm hearing you say. Agreed. Depending on the application. I love that. JD. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, Mark, that's, I, I love that. Um, you know, a liability or a debt is, is anything that takes money out of my pocket, whereas an asset obviously puts money back in my pocket. I think that's a phenomenal um, way to, to categorize or compartmentalize debt. I think another thing too, that oftentimes people look at just as a broad brushstroke is if I owe a thousand dollars on a credit card, I'm in debt. But here's the deal. If I owe a thousand dollars on a credit card and I have a thousand dollars in cash, am I in debt? No, no. Right. Because one plus one equals zero. And so when you look at a balance sheet standpoint, debt is defined as having more liabilities than you actually have assets, right? Then I'm actually in debt because I can't, I don't have enough assets to be able to pay it all off. And when we don't look at it, I think from a more macro perspective, big picture perspective, we start to look at things so emotionally, right? Yep. We feel this weight and this pressure of constantly having to ex expand, ex um, uh, pay every resource that we have in order to get out of debt. Now, here's what I'll say. I'm not an advocate for debt in terms of if you can't afford to buy a big screen TV, you go get in debt to buy the big screen TV. 
That's, that's not what I'm saying. Um, I, I'm an advocate for if I'm going to buy a hundred thousand dollar house to rent out and it costs a hundred grand and I had a hundred thousand in cash, I'm an advocate for, well, why not buy five of those and just put 20,000 down? So I take the same hundred thousand dollars and just put 20,000 down on five different houses. Now I own five assets that produce income rather than spending a hundred thousand dollars on an investment property to be quote unquote debt free. Right. right. So I, I think, I think for me, it's, it's the leverage to Mark's point of being able to use debt properly to create financial freedom. This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. Well, and th there's the key word. So I think it's ideal for us to, to break this down. The only way that leverage and what you just got done saying makes sense is if it's in light of a, a, um, a bigger purpose, right? And a, a purpose that then is just a mathematical equation. And so I always say, it's not necessarily about net worth for me. It's about net cash flow for me because financial freedom is when my monthly expenses are 100% covered by passive income that comes in without me having to work for it. All right. Passive income that exceeds my monthly expenses is financial freedom. So in light of that, that's what drives you JD to say, I have this amount of resource, this hundred thousand. If I use that hundred thousand to buy one property, how much passive income cash flow would that create? Let's call it a thousand dollars. But if I can buy five with that same hundred thousand, and the net result is $2,000. I'm not, I haven't even done the math on what those five will be. Maybe it's 2,500. How much closer to me covering my overall monthly expenses am I than just the thousand? I've, I've doubled my opportunity there, right? Or more. And so that's the only time that I think our mindset can shift from debt is a bad thing, debt is, is something I'm trying to stay away from because it's holding me back from some sort of freedom, define what the freedom is, and now all of a sudden, the debt is a tool to get there faster. That's, that's what I feel like is, is super important for us to identify. So let's talk about the alternative of, of paying off debt in light of that. Um, Mark, why don't, why don't you start us off on this? If I were to pay off all my debts and then tomorrow I lose my job, how am I going to put food on the table? I mean, yay, congratulations. I, I don't have a car payment. I don't have a house payment. I don't have a, uh, well, I don't have a boat, but if I had a boat, I don't have a boat payment. So I've, I've, I've got no quote loans or debts that are outstanding. How am I going to put food on the table? Well, I can't. I now have to go beg and find someone who's willing to leverage out the things that I have to give me money so that I can go put food on the table. So what have I done? I've gone and like Ernie said, I've gone and put myself back into debt. So for us, 
I want to be driving towards getting my passive income to meet or exceed my monthly expenses. So debt freedom isn't going to work in this specific scenario to put food on the table. It's a, it's, 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 it's a great add-on, don't get me wrong. I hate paying Nissan $710 every month. <laughs> but you know what I also didn't want to do? I didn't want to give them all the money for that truck up front because I want to put that money to work. So I'm willing to incur that debt and use those cash dollars to go per, put it into an asset that will then not only pay for the truck, but also put a little extra food on the table because you know what? I like to supersize my chicken nuggies. <laughs> you got, you got to, you, you want to supersize them, huh? It would supersize. Come on, supersize. Hey, <laughs> supersize me. Have you seen I that know documentary? You, I didn't know you could do that over there. I'm jealous. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, be, be, because once McDonald's finally said it was real chicken and the chicken McNuggets, then I figured it, it was okay to eat them because up until then it wasn't real, but they thought well, it was, they were telling people it was real, but now they say it's real. So it's okay. Uh, Just so you know, in Texas, it comes supersized already. You don't even have to ask. <laughs> Everything's bigger <laughs> in Texas. That's right. That's right. So Ernie, what about you? Like, how do you think about the alternative to paying off debt? Well, I, I want to zoom in on the example that Mark just gave of his, his truck. He could have paid cash for the truck. He decided to do something else. At any point in time, he could have take that cash and pay it off. In the meantime, whatever time period that is that he decides, do you think that he's, he's going to be engaged? His mind's going to be working on, is there something I can put go put this cash into that creates more value than me paying off this vehicle. So he put him in, he put himself in a position to choose in that, in that meantime, if something went bad, he'd have some cash to continue to make the truck payment, but also continue to feed himself. And so what's the alternative? Yeah. Passive income. I would say best case scenario, better goal. But in the meantime, how about some choice? Because as soon as you go and pay cash for that, you've just, you've just made a definite choice. You've given up that access to cash until you have, hopefully, the cash flow to build that cash reserve back up. Great point. Great point. JD, any, any other thoughts on how to, the alternative to paying off debt and maybe some other applications? Well, I think the something that often um, gets under discussed because the economics of this is it's obvious, right? Like I can spreadsheet this to death and show you all day long that it makes infinitely more sense to save your cash and invest it rather than in passive income, rather than to pay cash for something under most circumstances. I love spreadsheets too, Mark. The reality is that there, there's a human element to this right? And, and, and you had touched on this a moment ago, which is clarity of goal. If you don't have clarity about what you're trying to accomplish, which is so important, right? Is clarity. Meaning if I don't actually know that I want to create financial freedom where my passive income exceeds my monthly expenses, if I don't know if that's the direction that I'm going, then all of these things sound great in theory, but when I apply them, I'm likely going to make the same poor financial decisions I was making before. 100%. Because it's not tied to something meaningful, right? That's going to keep you in the rails to keep moving towards the actual end destination that you're going after. 
Um, and so for me, I just, I, I can't, um, highlight enough that we have to make sure that you are clearly focused on the end goal and have clarity on what that is. Well, and let me just say this, as you're listening to this, you may be thinking that sounds great. You guys are talking about creating passive income. I don't have ideas like that. I'm not exposed to a bunch of, you guys do this full time. This is your, your gig. Um, that's good for you. What about for me that doesn't have access to opportunities all the time and like in the education that it takes to be a, a successful investor. Here's what I'll tell you. You need to get involved with our inner circle today, right? This is the place where right now we have a group of people watching this live, commenting on this live. And after this, we'll be able to do a Q&A mastermind around this particular topic that will get them unstuck on some of the very things that you're saying may be making you stuck. Not only that, they're going to be a part of um, content that is rolled out every single month around passive income, tax reduction, and infrastructure issues that they need to be successful. The issue isn't your lack of exposure to deals, it's lack of exposure to the right place to get exposure, if that makes sense. This is the place. Sure. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call. And one of our coaches will walk you through what the inner circle is all about and how you can be a part of it. Um, so anyways, we're, we're about to jump in there with those guys that just made me think about this. So let me, let me, oh, go ahead, JD. Well, I was going to say just, just quick, a quick example of this on, on the clarity of goal piece. And I, I mentioned this last year, we put grass turf in our backyard. Um, and before I did it, I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, did you know you can finance grass turf? And she's like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to pay cash. I was like, sweetie, no, listen, this is, this is amazing one because it's unsecured. So I have no risk, but re realistically though, they're not going to come take the turf, right? The values in the labor, but no, the, the, the point though is once I figured out, okay, I know I want this. I just reverse engineered. How much passive income do I have to create to make that payment? Yep. Right. Like, like it changed the dynamic in the way that I look at finances in totality now, all because of the way that we teach it to people. So we just reverse engineered and work backwards and said, okay, here's the monthly payment. How much do I need to invest to create passive income to make that payment for me? And I get to keep my cash and I get the turf. 100%. Another great example I'm going to throw out as a, as paying off debt is a good friend of ours. You heard him on the podcast, Garrett McCarty. He was saying, man, didn't know what to do with cash. So what I do, I started paying down my house super aggressively. And you may be doing this right now. His, his thought was, this is safe. This is a good place for me to park cash. Until he started a business and went to the bank and said, hey, I need to borrow some of that equity out because I'm going to grow my business. They said, um, sorry, you don't qualify. That money that you earned, that you put here in a house that you believe you own, you have no access to. The alternative to that was he, he turned around, he said, okay, I'll sell my house. <laughs> Went and bought a new house with very little down payment and used the capital that he had been putting down on that house to fund his IBC policies and turn around and invest in his own business, as well as other passive income stream opportunities that were coming to him because he now had access to capital. 
yo, that is the alternative to just parking dumb money into my house and hoping for the best. It just doesn't work well. All right, practically, guys, uh, Ernie, I'm going to start with you. With this new kind of thinking process, maybe this is the first time this has hit your brain. How does someone now get started? What may, is there somebody you can share as an example that has taken this and said, I'm no longer going down this debt freedom route. I'm going financial freedom. Well, you guys just gave a couple. I will add one more. And, and, I, and I love this because this really was about paying down some debt met this couple. They had been in debt for a long period of time, sort of a hamster wheel. We, we looked at those debts objectively and said, we don't need to pay off all of these, but if we can take some of these cash flows that you're paying extra on these debts and build an infinite banking system, we can take over a few of those debts and free up a massive amount of cash flow. And inside a year, what that did for this family is enabled them to stack up some cash, whereas it had been going for years and years and years before, constantly paying back other people, they were able to get in some control of some cash and are now in the process of, of building a house. I love that. That, that, was, that yeah. was a practical example of, yes, maybe sometimes we do need to take care of some debt. Because in the overall big picture, it's going to free up some cash flow that we can stack our cash position faster and then go do something else. Absolutely. Mark, what about you? Any good examples you can share? We had talked about this earlier and I just used my calculator to figure it out. So imagine you have a mortgage and you can do a cash out refi on your mortgage. So you already have a debt and you already have an existing mortgage payment. What if you increased the balance on your mortgage by 25%? So you did a cash out refi, you increased the balance of your mortgage by 25%, but you got an 82% reduction in how much out of pocket you had to pay for the mortgage. Would you do it? Would you increase your debt in order to decrease your out of pocket? So imagine you've got a mortgage that costs you 2,200 bucks a month and you can go do a cash out refi, you can take some money out and that'll increase your mortgage to $2,500 a month. So, so you went up $300 a month. So it's a $300 a month increase in mortgage payment. Okay. But what if you can then take the money from that cash out refi, invest it into a cash flowing asset and have that asset spit out 2,100 bucks a month. And now all of a sudden you take that 2,100 bucks and you put that towards your mortgage so now instead of paying 2200 a month out of your pocket, you're only paying 400 out of your pocket. Would you say that is a good use of debt? Would you be okay going into debt if it got you closer to financial freedom? I don't know about you, but a 82% reduction in my out-of-pocket mortgage expense for borrowing someone else's money, yeah, I'm in. Well, what, what did it do to the risk? associated with that initial debt. Oh, it made it actually even better. It wasn't <laughs> just about a payment dip, like difference. It's the, uh, it's a subsequent amount of risk that was lowered, right? You now have something else paying, doing the heavy lifting to pay a debt you already incurred. Yep. 
So that that's super powerful. All right, um, guys, this is this is one of those topics that it, it can it can change, as you said, JD. It can change the way you think about things in totality, right? It can give you a newfound course that you never knew was there, but will get you to financial freedom as fast as possible. That's why this podcast exists. That's why these coaches exist is to help you to find these things that are under your nose that you just didn't see before that can get you to financial freedom as fast as possible. I've already mentioned it. Before we do our, our final take here, I just want to call you to action. Go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call. Get on a call. Get to the next step and get started on this journey. Join us in the inner circle and, uh, and these guys can help you. So last final thoughts. Ernie, I'm going to start with you and then we'll go around the, go around the horn. Thanks. Joey, how much, how much insight, how much thinking does it take to pay off debt? Very little. How much personal development does it take? Zero. How much personal development, insight, thinking does it take to become financially free? Takes a good bit. A good bit. Yeah. Better, better, better to be wise as an investor. Because to be honest, Mark's example, that investment, it does involve a certain level of risk. But if he's a developed investor, he, he knows the risks. He can mitigate the risk by his insight into whatever asset class that was, what the thing was. So if he, if he accomplishes paying for the debt with passive income and he gains all the insight, is that not going to benefit him over the next several decades? No doubt. Just by being on the journey to financial freedom, you will gain so much more than just the cash flow that you would free up if you're on the debt freedom journey. Great thought, Mark. Uh, debt freedom versus financial freedom. I'm gonna take financial freedom, final answer. <laughs> Just keeping it simple. I love it, JD. Uh, Joey, I uh, first mustache you a question. Uh, for those of y'all that are not watching, I have a mustache. Um, you know, I've, I've, this was quoted here in the chat, um, but it's been said to me before is that you'll basically make on average what the five people closest to you, right. In your inner circle make, um, because how can you level up beyond that? Right. And what I'll tell you is that since I started hanging out with you guys, my income's actually gone down quite a bit. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is, this is not a positive thing. This mentioned. is not a positive thing that I'm mentioning. No, I'm serious though. But, but, but the inner circle and being a part of this community has been, I would tell you, such a radical transformation just for me personally in my own path to financial freedom and the progress that I've made because of the people that I get to engage with and interact with on a consistent daily basis. Um, and so if your people in your natural network, if, if they're not doing these types of things, that's okay. We created a platform for you to be able to find those types of people, right? So it doesn't require that much more work. It just requires a commitment, right? That says, this is what I want to do. Um, so as, as Mark says all the time, it's either day one or one day you get to choose. Oh, I'm going to say this, choose your hard, right? Mm. As Ernie just mentioned, as you just mentioned, JD, financial freedom is not easy. 
But getting here is not easy. It takes commitment. It takes a community. It takes education. It takes bumping your head a few times in some cases, right? Hopefully you, you can save a lot of those headaches because Russ and I have already beat our heads against every wall. But the point is you can choose that hard or you can choose the hard that is the hamster wheel of debt freedom and then going back into debt. Um, there's a the video or a, a movie called Cool Hand Luke. And in the in the movie, the the guy is in the prison area out in the yard and the guard comes up and says, he hands him a, uh, a shovel and says, Hey, uh, you need to dig a hole. You need to dig me a trench right here. And so he starts and all day he's sweating. He's digging the hole, digging the hole, digging the hole. And right at, as things are about to, to the changing of the guard comes, that guard leaves the new guard comes. He says, what are you doing? I never told you to dig a hole. You better fill that thing in. And so he starts refilling the hole and he starts putting the dirt in, putting the dirt in. He finally finishes that. And the next day, the, the guard comes back and he says, I thought I told you to dig a hole. And what does he do? He has to start digging a hole again. That's the picture of what debt freedom provides. There's a little bit of like, Oh man, I finished it. I filled the hole back up only to have to dig it right back out again. That's what we want to save you from. Financial freedom is the way. Guys, thank you for a wonderful podcast. If you got value today from this show, if you'll do us a favor, please help us by getting the word out, by just sharing this, rating and reviewing the show, um, and, and joining the community. Be a part of what we're doing here, this movement at Wealth Without Wall Street. As always, we appreciate you. Have a, an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.